Welcome to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, presented by Paul Spain and Anne Guest. Hello and welcome to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, episode 117. I'm Paul Spain. I'm Paul Brislin. And I'm Harley Ogier. Hey guys, welcome along. Thank you for uh, for joining the podcast this week. Oh, thank you for having us. Now, uh, New Zealand had a bit of a census last week. We did, we did. We had to have a, a quick count and make sure that all the sheep are in place and uh, that there are a few humans left still. Uh, and I think this is the first time we're going to have a census where the results that come back are probably going to show uh, that we're no longer a Christian society. What are we now? Something else entirely. I'm not sure. I was going to say agnostic, but no, I'm not sure that's quite the right word. Atheist, I suppose. Uh, but yes, following trends, um, uh, religion disappearing off, dwindling away. A nation of scientists. That's what we'll be, I All think, right. from here on in. It'll be quite good. And looking at how many of us uh, use the internet to fill in our forms, I think that's um, uh, probably the way of the future. Yep. Well, I guess, you know, over time we're becoming more and more diverse is probably the uh, the current mm. word, isn't it? Mm. Well, I... I, I actually loved the fact that I could fill in my forms on the internet. I found it a little odd that I needed to get my paper census forms, which didn't arrive and I had to call for before I could fill it in online. <laughs> yeah, that was an interesting yeah. one. Um, yeah, well, one thing we saw was um, <clears throat> that two of us couldn't be filling in the form at the same time. Ah, uh, okay. Really? So you're and trying to same... do the dwelling and the individual at the same time. Uh, no, I was trying to do my individual and my wife was trying to do hers and it said no. Separate no, computers, same network? Yeah. Yeah, mm. and just one login, de- one login number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So hmm. fascinating because you you might sort of you might think that everyone would oh let's all go and do our census now. Oh, we're That's, not allowed. Oh, yeah. so it was that sort of situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, especially yeah. if you had um, younger kids who you were saying well you know jump on and do this while we do it. That's right. That's right. You're That's not going to expect them to stay up later and do it after you, and you're doing yours at eight <laughs> thirty. Their bedtimes. But it didn't take too long to do and. Yeah, the good thing is they're getting started with doing it online, right? I think we could yeah, probably yeah. pick yeah. all sorts of holes holes in it, but um, oh. but it, but it's heading in the right direction anyway, which is Absolutely. is yeah. good for government to be uh, to be doing things in this sort of manner. Well, eventually, you would hope they do it more frequently. Uh, I mean, it's been seven years since the last one. Five year gap seems to be a little bit uh, odd. I would say maybe every two years would be quite good. Yeah, although I did find some of the information they were asking for quite. Uh, Intrusive, to be fair, to have all of that in somebody's database uh, for it to know all of these things, yeah, and not yeah. just general, you know, and not just general. Like normally, when you fill in a survey, it's an anonymous survey, and so on. As with a census, you know, if, if they're not secure with their information, uh, you know, it really does go into a lot of uh, detail about each individual. Yeah, yeah, and and that's right. They've got to be very careful about stripping off identifying data straight away. Uh, Stats NZ do spend a lot of time and effort on that kind of thing, so you'd hope that that was all well secured. Um, but as we've seen with some of the other uh, bits and pieces lately, um, uh, it's not often that they get that right. I see that David Shearer has been subscribed to the Mighty River Power share uh, offer several times over now, so clearly they haven't even bothered with a simple um, <laughs> double opt-in or anything, anything basic like that for that kind of system. So hopefully Stats is a little bit more clued up. We we will see. We'll find out. <laughs> well, well, I'll go on Google right now and see if you're all out there. We yeah. won't really see, will we? Though, unless something does leak. If, if it's if it's all good, then we just will never hear about it again. Yeah. But you, but if it's bad, you don't necessarily know about it either, right? Yeah, that's so, true. And that's I guess right. that you know that's one of the risks. Uh, you know, 
today or around um, you know data security, you don't necessarily know until you find out. Mm. Maybe mm. Uh, somebody has you know electronically stolen your identity or. That's yeah. right. Mm. Yeah, you find out the hard way. Yes. All right. Well, let's uh, yeah, let's hope that's all good. Now, Orcon, one of our local mm. internet providers, um, started well quite a few years ago by uh, CB Woodhouse. Yeah, yeah, quite a few uh, years ago, and then um, obviously acquired. Uh, yeah, bought by uh, Cordia, as it's called these days, which was um, an interesting move. Uh, Cordia is owned by We the People. Uh, we own it. So this was having uh, spent many years getting rid of telecom as a government-owned monopoly. Uh, another division of the government went out and bought an ISP. So they raised a few eyebrows, to put it mildly. Uh, but at the time, it made sense for Cordia's business plan, which was to try and offer um, a fixed wireless service using its own infrastructure. Uh, and that didn't really work, but they, they eventually ended up with this, this asset, this, uh, this ISP. It's now probably uh, third or fourth, depending on how you measure these things, given that Vodafone's bought Telstra Clear and merged the two together. So, uh, yes, there's been rumour for a little while now that it's been up for sale. Uh, and today it's gathered quite a bit of a momentum and it looks like they've actually been sold. Yeah, and you know the value we would imagine has uh, has probably increased a, a chunk since when they bought it. So, mm. uh, in theory, the government walks away having made a few years worth of profit, and uh, um, the capital value having increased as well. That's that's right. So uh, I hear talk that it's worth about sort of thirty to thirty five million. Um, yeah, and as you say, you've made a profit through those years as well. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what that means for Cordia, which um, really is one of those industry players that's been around for a long time and does a little bit of all kinds of things, but these days tends to make a lot of its money from Australia. Uh, so it's a bit odd that the government of New Zealand owns a basically a, 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 a tower consortium uh, consulting firm in, that makes its money consulting in Australia rather than doing anything for the local uh, economy over here. But they've got it, and it's sitting there, and, and once we switch off the analogue TV network, uh, a lot of Cordia New Zealand's work uh, disappears. So it'll be very interesting to see how they reinvent themselves again. Yeah, well, didn't uh, Cordia uh, sort of had it had its roots in, um, <coughs> was it TV, TVNZ? Yeah, yeah, so TVNZ's um, was uh, it Broadcast Communications That's Limited right. is what they used, used to be called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're the guys who were responsible for building all the towers uh, in the middle of nowhere, uh, back in the day, of course, when it was all integrated with TVNZ. Uh, that allowed radio and television transmission throughout the country. So when they were spun off as, as a separate business unit, they discovered that they had this footprint of uh, uh, towers and antennas in places where these days, of course, you can't get permission to, to build. So they, they had a tremendous footprint as far as network coverage goes. Uh, and they decided, well, we'll spend a little bit of money um, and roll out uh, a layer of data capability underneath it all and sell this fixed wireless asset uh, to um, rural folk predominantly, but it's never really taken off. And I'm not sure if it was the technology that let them down or their retail partners or quite what the problem was, but mm. uh, these days they, they, it's still there, but they haven't done anything with it for years. But well, they're, they're certainly still uh, pretty important to the broadcasters. You know, radio stations and so on are relying on mm. their uh, towers and, and, and so on around the place. Absolutely. But as all of that goes online, uh, and once we've switched off the analogue, TV signal, a large chunk of their work will be done. You, you do have to wonder just where to from here. Hmm. 
Right. Well, um, now what do we know? What do we know about the who's being uh, mooted as the um, um, the buyer, the new owner? Well, uh, nobody's confirming anything, but um, uh, there's a company called Vivid Networks which has uh, popped up on the on the company's office. Um, they own. Uh, they have set up a subsidiary called Orcon Limited, which would tend to be a bit of a giveaway. Mm. Uh, and uh, although they're saying very little at this stage, it's not clear yet whether it's the Vivid Company itself or one of the Vivid directors who's doing all of this. So uh, I guess news will come out in the next few days. Uh, but Vivid itself is quite an interesting company. They started life as telepediatrics uh, many years ago. Uh, with a very niche um, uh, line of work, they would provide uh, families of children with terminal illnesses with a video conference suite so that the, uh, the kids could be diagnosed and monitored remotely by not only their GP, but also a specialist in uh, Starship in Auckland. Right. So, so rather than having to, you know, race them off to exactly a, a right. doctor. Yeah, every time they spike the, a fever or, or yeah. Yeah, aren't feeling too well. Uh, and um, they made quite a name for themselves. They won uh, a couple of awards back in the day. Computer World gave them an award. Um, I was on the panel for that one. I remember uh, them coming in to present, and uh, I think at the time, from memory, we, we really were impressed by um, the use of technology just to make life easier for people, you know, for the families, for the kids themselves. Uh, in fact, the one who was um, uh, most impacted would be the, uh, the poor chap who had to go out to these families uh, and install the gear for them and get mm. to know the families. And then, mm. of course, when you go back to get the gear at the end of the uh, the, the project, uh, it's a very sad time. But they've grown from there, and they don't just do video conferencing in that respect anymore. Uh, they do secure VPN and a lot of um, additional services. So it's quite interesting that they try and get into the retail ISP market. So if they are getting in, uh, it'll hopefully mm. stir things up quite a bit. All right. Well, we'll probably get a bit more of a picture on that over mm. the next few days. Uh, now, Harley, this was one um, that something. This next topic is something that you've been uh, looking at with uh, with PC World, which is um, Intel's next unit of computing, NUC. Indeed, so tell it. Is... Tell us. Um, tell us what you think of this, and and where it sort of fits into the uh, the world of of computing. Well. I'm not, I'm not sure when they actually announced it, but I believe it was um, around the time of their developer forum last year in September, which was the first time I heard of it over in San Francisco. And uh, the first thing I thought was next unit of computing is about as ambitious a name as you could give any device <laughs> ever. And I would have thought that by now that would refer to the smartphone, but um, you know the name wasn't taken, so they went with it. Considering no one's ever going to say that out loud, they've, they've just taken to calling it the Intel Nook, though. Uh, not to be confused <laughs> with the NOOK, a completely different and unrelated product. Now, this is a pr- basically it's a very small PC, and you know the only other thing we can sort of compare it with, really in, in size, uh, maybe is sort of the Raspberry Pi, um, you know, device. But they're very, very you know different in terms of um, you know various aspects of the technology, right? It is. Well, I mean, it's it's essentially an Intel-powered alternative to, to Raspberry Pi, except it doesn't have that education focus, so, I mean, the price is 
standard computer high. It's not your really entry level hackable hardware. So the Raspberry Pi, what are we talking about? That's under, is it under 50 New Zealand dollars? I think it was sort of launched at sort of 30, 35 um, US dollars for the, for the, for the core piece, but then you you get a case and. I know under $100 you can get a set, a full setup. So Mm. yeah, I think it is sort of under 50 for the actual, the board itself. And who, I mean, who you see uses the Raspberry Pi? It's more really a hobbyist type. Yeah, tech enthusiast, well, then there's and, not a lot of people yeah. sort of buying these things for um, day-to-day computing, oh, right? Well, the only people I know who are buying them in any kind of commercial use is, is schools um, in the United States. I'm not sure if they've been picked up here by schools or not. I'm sure some classes are using them mm. unofficially. But yeah, you're right. It's really the hobbyist market. Whereas uh, Intel developed their Nook for uh, embedded applications such as digital signage. It's... Um, hmm. It's a Core i3 based um, custom motherboard, which it's it's based on the same sort of concept of things as things like Mini ITX. So just a small motherboard, but but a standard computing setup. Um, unlike something like Raspberry Pi, which is not just a straight x x six. So you've really you really got a standard computer. It's a, it's that's a standard just computer shrunk down to something that can fit in the palm of your hand. E- exactly. Effectively. So exactly. if you wanted to attach it to a TV or yeah anything that needs a computer yeah. but you don't have the space you don't want that generating too much exactly. heat and so on exactly uh, it's pretty um, cool the, well the really interesting thing with it though is intel d- is not in the business of making systems and as they as they uh, showed off the nook at their developer conference they reiterated that and actually came out and said we are still not in the business of making systems we make processes we make cpus we don't make complete systems yet they're selling the nook in a kit set form which is the nook itself an intel created case and an external power supply so you add storage and Sounds ssd like yeah well you add storage and you add ram mm. but um they are selling yeah what is essentially a system and the reason behind this is that their little custom 10 centimeter by 10 centimeter motherboard with a core i3 processor the same that you'd find in some laptops or desktops uh permanently soldered onto it that is the core product, but to, to actually get it into people's hands and to uh, get people using it before these embedded applications are available or before third parties, people like Cooler Master or Thermaltake make cases for it, they had to deliver some kind of kit set to developers and enthusiasts. And that's what's found its way into the retail market. I mean, you can pick up one of these at Playtech. Um, you're looking at about, with RAM and, and um, storage, you're looking at about just under a thousand dollars, nine fifty or so. Off yeah, nine seventy nine is what they're listing it for on their uh, on their website. That's with two uh, yep. two HDMI uh, connections for um, potentially putting the same display out onto two displays. I don't think it gives you two different uh, displays. You can use two different displays. Uh, you can, you can okay. use dual monitors. Yep. Um, and and then you you know some um, um, uh, Ethernet connection and uh, Wi Fi yep. and um, a couple of USB ports. Yeah, one on the back and one on the front. And when we tested it out, it really does run like a basic laptop or a um, or a really entry level desktop PC. So, I mean, like you were saying, you could slap this on the back of a TV or any screen. Uh, quite recently, actually, um, we got ours running Windows 8. Playtech actually loaned us the review unit via Intel. Um, we slapped it on the back of a Dell Touch-based monitor and had our own custom all-in-one, which is just this monitor and the little Intel nook on the back. But there's no reason you couldn't do that with a wireless keyboard and mouse on the back of your TV. Or, um, you know, if you had an old monitor hanging around the house, want an extra PC for the kids' room just so they can surf the web, don't go out and buy a brand new PC. You just slap mm. one of these on the back of a monitor. Mm. 
you know, it'll play yeah. HD video. It, it won't really run games or anything, unless you're talking about your basic cut the rope type stuff, which is um, that it'll do fine. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's Very a really intriguing little box. Uh, partially not, because not going to sell millions of units, is no, it? No, not, I mean, not going to sell it's, millions it's of units. But I mean, it was never. It, it looks like it was never really meant to sell units to consumers. It was very much for this embedded application, and now that consumers can actually get their hands on it, it's a really neat little consumer product. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Uh, now we had a little bit of a launch last week onto the New Zealand uh, Stock Exchange or the um, the NZAX. Uh, which was uh, Snack Media. Now, this one's this one's interesting. We are going to cover it off. There is a sort of a separate uh, podcast um, uh, coming, which we we had an in, we uh, spent some time with uh, Derek Handley, who was the uh, um, chairman of the board of uh, Snack Media. But it's just been interesting watching this since the launch onto uh, onto the stock exchange last week, and I think the the shares were. Um, Originally uh, priced at six and a half uh, cents, and it's now up to uh, I think fifteen cents. 15, it's been up and yeah, down yeah. A, a little bit, but uh, here's a little company. I think uh, in the last six months they turned over something like one point one point two million. Uh, so you know, on an annualised basis, you know, sort of two and a half million yeah. uh, turnover, uh, and uh, they've got a, a sort of a market cap or valuation around uh, ten times that. So. Mm. Uh, it suggests people have quite a bit of confidence in uh, in where where snack is uh, is heading, but it's good to see uh, more, uh, I guess, tech companies uh, locally that are uh, that are that are launching onto the stock exchange. Well, yeah, that's right. We've we've had a bit of a dearth of them lately, haven't we? We uh, I'm trying to think when the last one was, and you might end up going back to Raycon all those years ago uh, for a pure technology company as such. Um, zero, of yeah, course, is, is um, uh, a bit of a darling of the stock market these days, but um, they're, they're few and far between, aren't they? They really are. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, zero recently passed the uh, you know one billion uh, New Zealand dollar sort of market uh, <laughs> cap, and you know we, we're hearing predictions now that um, um, it's what is it mid year that they're thinking uh, yeah, yeah, it, it could hit, it could hit one point four billion, which is not bad, is it? That's that's quite astounding, and. Um, for a company that is um, at the dull end of the market, for want of a better term, you know, it's it's accounting software, uh, and everybody just assumed that MYOB had that sewn up. So, uh, to be able to come in and steal market share and remain New Zealand based has been really quite remarkable. Oh, it's great! Yeah, it's, it's a very it's great good story. Great to see this sort of innovation coming mm. coming out of uh, coming out of New Zealand and and continuing to win uh, win attention on a you know on a global, on a global basis. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, MYOB, I think, you know, eventually sort of pretty much gave up on the UK market. Uh, but we, you know we're seeing zero do you know quite strongly you know not only in New Zealand and Australia but definitely in the UK uh, and uh, you know starting to uh, get established in the US uh, market and, yep. and obviously lots lots of other lots of others as well but uh, those are really the uh, you know the big ones those are the core markets yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, the functionality keeps getting improved each each iteration. Um, uh, there's a lot more growth left in that yet I think they've they've got a few uh, big projects underway. Uh, but um, it, it's tremendous to see them keeping the, the development hub here in New Zealand as they grow. Uh, there's always this urge to move them off to uh, Silicon Valley or somewhere and pay a fortune for developers. But no, New Zealand developers are as good as you get over there and uh, uh, we just don't get paid as much. 
Well, that kind of helps <laughs> yeah. um, on, from uh, from that perspective. That's right. Well, it depends on yeah whose perspective you're looking at. Yeah, that yeah, which end not. of the telescope you're looking through? Well, I think we've got, you know lo- lower living costs here, right? So yeah, uh, yeah. so you know it all adds up pretty well. And right. you know, I I think uh, yeah, well, New Zealand's a pretty good country to be in. So. Uh, uh, I think there'll be plenty of developers, you know, uh, mm. that are quite happy to be uh, working happy from New Zealand. Yeah, absolutely, exactly. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, now, in uh, in gadget land, we're, we're always looking at lots of new gadgets coming through, and Harley, that's a big part of what you do um, day to day and 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 week to week with uh, you know PC world and, and computer world, looking at uh, lots of stuff. Now, um, we were looking earlier at um, HP. In fact, this was sort of, I guess, the the big product last week. We got quite a bit of feedback. On was um, HP's Elite Pad 900, um, which was a yeah a bit of a surprise. We managed to get some uh, hands on with that, and I know you've been looking at it uh, from a review perspective as well. Um, you gave it a pretty strong review. I did. Um, I've been trying to remember off the top of my head what score I gave it, but um, that issue hasn't been published yet, so let's just call it a trade secret for now. Okay. <laughs> but um, no, I was, I, I was really happy with it. I actually looked at it from a split perspective. I looked at it for um, PC World from my numal, no, sorry, normal consumer bent, mm. and then I've also been looking at it for Computer World from a sort of business standpoint. And and on both sides of the equation, it really shines as a as a strong product. Uh, especially the huge range of accessories HP have for it. I mean, on its own as a tablet, it's it's a good Windows 8 tablet. It's one of the much better examples we've seen, um, such as um, Samsung's Ative Smart PC is the only other really shining one we've seen. Mm. But that's very much consumer-focused. The Elite Pad's a lot more sort of businessy in its design and its functions. But um, the accessory range is what really makes it quite so great. Well, we got to have. We managed to get our hands on very briefly because apparently there's only a couple of these in the country so far. But the um, the keyboard uh, jacket for it, which we just had a little bit of a, a look at earlier, and uh, I think that is you know uh, one of the one of the things in these tablets that is quite an important uh, you know part of the picture to turn them into sort of a businessy machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that one seems to be quite sturdy and solid. The only um, the only downside that uh, jumped out to me on it, um, yeah, the mo- yeah, for me the main downside was that there was no sort of uh, mouse or track point, you know, uh, type, um, you know, or touchpad type capability there. So you know, you've got to reach out and touch the screen or or, or plug a mouse in. But uh, you know, I think that's probably uh, probably workable. I think I think that's workable too, especially since the the uh, keyboard case does add USB ports, which the tablet doesn't have any on its own, which is one of its few shortcomings. But you've got the USB ports there; you can you know plug in a mouse, as you say. Though a little a little touchpad or something does go a long way, I and mean, that's something the Ative Smart PC had with with its keyboard. It had a full normal touchpad, so it essentially turned it into a netbook. Mm. And and something that's- that the Microsoft Surface does extremely well in terms of the uh, um, you know its, its capability there with the little uh, the little touchpad on it now that launches Friday the uh, Microsoft Windows uh, Microsoft Surface RT um, so that's the other new new mm-hmm. product in this space that's coming through uh, which we have talked about before so we won't jump too much into that but uh, for anyone that has been waiting for that to land in New Zealand uh, actually it's Thursday that it launches and I think it's seven hundred and thirty nine dollars for the base tablet and then you can get various that's a 32 gig various other models and you can mm. get it with a keyboard or you can pay you know separately to get a nice colored keyboard and that's not norm, not nearly as bad a price as we could have expected with the uh, usual transition to new zealand pricing yes. uh, i'm quite surprised it wasn't marked up a couple of hundred dollars more to be honest 
No, I thought that um, um, you know, by the time you you know put an exchange rate in there and and GST, uh, it's yeah, yeah, it, I think it's, they haven't I mean, really reasonable. Rorted yeah. it, have they? they no, it, it, it wouldn't. Yeah. It wouldn't save you a significant amount to import one yourself. It wouldn't mm. save you. Well, it cost more, you more by the time you pay the shipping, right? It, it, well, exactly, exactly. In most in most cases. Now, um, then, there's one other product, which is one we looked at uh, ooh, a good few months ago. Uh, it's the Lenovo ThinkPad Tablet Two, which has an Atom processor, much like um, the Elite Pad, uh, but this one is, I mean, it's a really nice sort of thin um, thin tablet. It doesn't have the sort of the metal, um, you know, or steel look of the Elite Pad. It's very ThinkPad-like in terms of its, um, you know, blackness. It, it looks very much like Sony's uh, latest Xperia tablet, to be honest. Uh, yeah, though, there's though this one, some, some similarities, yeah. aren't yeah. there? Yeah. Um, though this one isn't waterproof as far as I understand, is it? I mean, can uh, we test I'm not, that? I'm not going to try, try that, that out? right no, now, no. no. And it's got um, a stylus. And it's got a, yeah, it's got a stylus in there, which we're starting to see a lot of these Windows 8 uh, tablets having... Uh, having a stylus, but often to keep the size of them down, you can't, you know, slot the uh, st- uh, stylus into the product. Uh, but with a tablet too, you can, which I kind of mm. like from yeah. a not losing it perspective. But it, it does make yeah. the device a little bigger. It doesn't make it. I was actually surprised that it doesn't make it that much bigger because they've gone with a very thin stylus. Mm. Yeah, it's not as big as and chunky as some of the other ones, and it's quite quite light. Um, yeah, it doesn't weigh mm, very much at all. Which, which, which I think is, is, a, is a fair mm. compromise. Now, the, but the bit that was, I guess, uh, well, disappointing, disappointing. for me um, yeah. was, was the keyboard, which um, I guess reminiscent in some ways of some of these add-on keyboards for, uh, for the iPad. And to me, where all of the other vendors are having ones that kind of you know, physically uh, connect from the keyboard into the tablet, uh, so you don't have to charge it, and so you don't have to think about uh, a Bluetooth connection, which which takes up a little bit of battery and so on as well. Um, yeah, most of those have got that direct connection, but this one does operate over Bluetooth, uh, and it doesn't really sort of click in. It just sort of sits on the uh, on the, the keyboard. It's not really a proper dock in, is it? No, well, no, it's, it's got none of that yeah. positive click that you get. No, to, it's, to it's, know the, it's connected. Yeah, same sort of sitting in place as Logitech's ultra-thin keyboard case for iPad, which is the whole product name. Um, and um, it's got the problem that if it's sitting on your knees and it tips backwards too far, it will mm. just fall over and the, the, the um, tablet will fall out of the keyboard. Yeah, land on the floor. Um, on the floor. Yeah. But it does, it does have a, an ability to control um, you know, the, the mouse pointer on your screen with a little variation on, uh, on the, the Lenovo track point. Um, which is helpful without taking up the full space of a um, of a of a trackpad. Mm. It, it definitely gives you more precision than um, than using your finger on the screen for selecting text and things. Pudgy finger. Right. Yeah. But the thing that gets me is that it doesn't. It's not a cover. It is a separate keyboard, so it's a separate unit. Uh, and as we've tried here, trying to make the two together, they don't. You, no, we've, no. Got, I mean, we've got a nice little um, uh, folio, folio a for sort of yeah pouch yeah. for for carrying the two together. But you know, you you kind of need that if you're going to carry them together and you mm. want it nice and tidy. So for me, what I'm really looking for from uh, from Lenovo is the uh, is the Helix, which we're we're told is um, is just maybe you know. A, a short number of weeks away from arriving in the right. country, uh, and that is is really a pretty unique device in terms of 
you know, delivering good high power in terms of a i5 or i7, uh, you know, a high end CPU. Um, and a, a really nice uh, dock into the keyboard type uh, capability that gives you sort of that well what what appears to be sort of the perfect mix of a tablet that becomes an ultrabook that can become a tablet again sort of thing so yeah. um, you know we only had a little bit of a look at that in, in January during CS and we hope to have a full hands on with that uh, hopefully in the weeks ahead and we'll report back uh, but for now the HP Elite Pad 900 is probably the kind of the hot mm. Windows 8, um, you know, device that can run Windows 8 uh, Pro for, uh, you know, for business use and so on. I'd agree with that. I'd say if you're going out buying Windows 8 tablets for business right now, that's, I mean, that's really the only option you've got in New Zealand if you want something that's designed for business. Yeah. Yeah. And the, uh, I guess the other option is, that's always there when buying technology is to sit and wait for the for the next oh. round of devices. And of course, uh, we've got uh, June where Intel will bring out their next sort of series of uh, of chips, which will give us a bit more power and uh, a bit more battery life and a little bit you know smaller, etc. Et 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 Never wait. Yep. Never wait. Buy it now and then trade me it up. Exactly. That's good call. That's what yeah. trade me is for. That's what it's for. That's yeah. yeah. You can wait forever. Otherwise. Um, all right. So now the big news for Friday. Friday. What, what, what on earth happening is on happening Friday? Friday? No, there's not much going. That would be the big Samsung um, mysterious. Is it a Samsung Galaxy S4? Yes. Well, yes, it is. Okay. I think we've we've asserted that. So is this is this that. is this a big deal? How much of a big deal is is it that Samsung is launching a new version of the Galaxy? Well, the Galaxy S3 has been its flagship. It's um, huge, isn't and, it? And has, you know, I, I was in um, Hong Kong, um, name dropping away, in Hong Kong and Kuala <laughs> Lumpur last month. And the, we counted on the, on, the, on the trains and on the public transport. Everybody had a smartphone, literally everybody. Uh, probably um, it was five to one Galaxy S3s to iPhones. I, uh, I noticed a similar huge thing amount, traveling yeah. uh, in, in January, seeing, you know, I, was, I remember being in an airport lounge and, and looking around mm. at probably, I don't know, and one, you know, one group, you know, that was reasonably close to me, uh, probably they're not all, the people weren't all together, but, uh, you know, six or eight people, yeah. and it looked like most of them had a Galaxy S3. That's right. That's um, right. It's been phenomenally successful. Huge can, can change we, yeah. from, from the past when you'd it look around in an airport lounge, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and it was all iPhones. Yeah. yeah well, can we say that um, the Galaxy S3 is the only other phone that's really known by name and holds that kind of status apart from the iPhone. Mm. I mean, you've got the iPhone, you've got the Galaxy, and there's everything else. And then everything else is an Android smartphone. Exactly, uh, exactly. Um, yeah. And, I mean, hey, there are at least two of us in New Zealand with Windows phones, don't forget. Well, both of you, I'm, I'm very pleased to see you both. Um, uh, you'll be able to bump them together and share things, I'm sure, or something oh, like that. Uh, actually, no. The other no. one I know works for Microsoft, <laughs> I should point out. But, um, oh, they're required by law to have them, so that is a bit of a problem. Well, but, the interesting uh, thing yeah. about Windows phone is it is... You know, it is slowly, you know, it's got that mm. sort of upturn oh, in, uh, yep. in market is, share. And Nokia are apparently back in uh, back in profit. Mm. Um, whereas it looked for a little while there that, oh, uh, Nokia is sort of going to, yeah, fall yeah. over. That's right. Um, yeah, so there, there, there is, I guess there's growing competition for Samsung. And, mm-hmm. you know, when we look at these recent announcements in the last few weeks uh, from, you know, Sony with with the Xperia Z, a, a, you know, a really strong uh 
you know, handset and, yep. Uh, yep. you know, there, there's some great features there and, and also HTC. So I don't think that the others in the market are, sit, are sitting back. But, no, no. Um, but but it, is, yeah. it is pretty clear that Samsung has... Um, has been very, very broadly adopted, mm. and I think uh, are considered, um, um, you know, the phone option of choice for yep. a, for a pretty large percentage of the market now. And they're going to have to step up because, of course, we've got the uh, the Nexus coming out uh, hopefully in New Zealand. What next? Oh. Oh, whenever they get round to us. And the Nexus yeah. Four is here. No, the Nexus, uh, yeah, it's the here already. Yeah. 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 So, uh, four, yeah, the Nexus Four is yeah, here. It, yep. It's been so very. If we look out the window at uh, at two degrees, we can um, see a giant billboard. Um, no, we can't oh. see a billboard, but um, they they <laughs> they, had, they they brought them into the market, which right. which was good to see. Very good. Yep. Um, yeah, and yeah. then them uh, doing mm. that, and um, and it's been available, you know, at a reasonable sort of price compared to what we've seen through other carriers yeah. internationally well, at the time i tested the nexus 4 i thought that was probably the the best pure android phone that i'd used and one of the better android powered phones on the on the market though i mean whenever you talk about android powered phones you have to include the s3 and soon to be the s4 yep so so for uh samsung it's really a case of uh keeping their edge in the market isn't it and staying it is staying up there so the the sort of capability they're talking about uh, I mean, it's all rumor and speculation at this stage, but we're talking about things like uh, increased battery life through the new um, green FOLED technology. I'm not entirely sure what that is. It sounds like witchcraft to me. But it's a, a screen that runs with a little bit less power, yeah, right? Yeah, about 25% that, less that's is, is what we're reading, and that's got to help. Um, but interestingly, it's the uh, the hands-free uh, scrolling, the, um, the eye... Eye tracking, yeah, well, which I, I, I track watches you look yeah. to the bottom That's of the right. phone and sees, oh, yeah. you must be wanting to go down a little bit further, a bit further. And, it, and it just sort of keeps it moving, which is as, if as that definitely works, sort of cool good. Yeah. If it doesn't work extremely well, it will be quite tedious and annoying, I suspect. Well, uh, Samsung yeah. are known for sort of adding one or two uniques to uh, to their their devices mm, mm-hmm. and. Uh, yeah, that, that's that's I certainly something they, that has potential. Now they're going to have to deliver a full high definition screen, aren't they? Like like what we've just seen from HTC yeah. uh, and from so, Sony. Is mm. that that's pretty much a given? Would I you both so. agree? Yeah, I yeah. think if it's not 1080 by uh, 1920, it's 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 yeah, just not going to fly because that's all your high end phones now. Yeah, the HTC One, um, the Xperia Z, did that definitely have a? Did, it did, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. No, so no, do Xperia, do, do the question is, do we actually need a screen resolution that high? I mean, that's the same as your 40 inch, 50 inch, you know, 60 inch uh, TV. It is, yes. and that's um, yes, we do. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Decision more, made. Thank more, you, more bigger, faster. Yes. Okay. All of the above. So do we need do we need the next resolution? The four K. Uh, on a, 4K, 4K on, on a finest well, we're going to go this at, much. Yeah. I think at that point you're literally getting to the point that your eyes, even with 2020 vision, can't, can't discern can't the, difference. Tell the difference. I struggle I mean, with 1080. I mean, yeah. You know, I'm a 720 yeah. kind well, of guy. Well, if you'd if you'd asked me yeah. to even two years ago, would anyone release a phone with that sort of resolution? Yeah. Uh, I would have said, what's the point? I don't think anyone will ever do it. And here we are. And here we are saying it must be in the Galaxy S4, otherwise it's doomed to failure. It's incredible, isn't it, how fast these things move? Yeah, yeah. Do we we know the the, um, actual pixel density um, dots per inch on that it's four it's got to be 400 and something because i know the yeah. iphone's 326 yeah so we i mean so we're talking in the four 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 fifty so four four forty to four fifty yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, pixels per so inch which so if we yeah. remember look back on when uh, laser printers were were launched i'm showing my age here 
Um, I, w- I was the one kid in school that um, instead of handing handing in a handwritten report or something off their dot matrix printer, um, went and paid to get my re- things printed on a laser printer and handed them in because well, they would look better even yeah. if the work wasn't yeah. very good. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, but they they were three hundred dots per inch. Yeah. And well, that was like wow, that's a phenomenal re- resolution, resolution, and we're seeing way more than that, but in yeah. full color on on yeah. our screens. I mean, mm. you just cannot yeah. see that yeah. level of detail. We, we print our magazines at three hundred dots per inch uh, still and I've never mm. looked at a copy of, of PC World or um, one of our other mags and thought oh, you know that really needs more pixels yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 that's not, that's not exactly nearly right. sharp enough well so it is a yeah. little bit different with yeah. with ink to, to screen that's true that's um, true but, you're, but you're talking about something that's um, you know 30% 33% sharper than the current iPhone mm. with and its touted retina tech astonishingly which is clear. astonishingly it is clear, yes. mm. yeah. but uh, you know Samsung's really trying to push the edge with all of this kind of technology uh, and I don't know if you saw the video the other day of the uh, the Samsung CEO on stage with what looked like a flexible piece of clear plastic. Uh, yes. So when yes. he turned it over, mm. and he was flexing it as he did, it's about mm. the size of a mm. cell phone, mm. uh, flexing it away as he did. When he turned it over, it was running uh, full screen video uh, right to the very edge of this thing. I've got no idea what it is or what use I would have for it, but I want one. Yeah, absolutely. Immediately. And yeah. I, I'm thinking T-shirts made out of the stuff or, or perhaps uh, wall-mounted TVs as big as your wall um, very cheaply and with glorious, glorious colour to them. And you Just could fantastic. maybe you know embed it into some sort of a mask so that you could sort of change your... Uh, look at a moment's oh, notice I, I, such I, fine yeah. resolution and detail it that looks like actually cloth. it would just yeah. look as though you were somebody else well, I was Batman. thinking embedded everywhere and then just have changeable tattoos Oh, exactly. I, I, feel, I feel like a Mass Effect theme today. Let, yeah. Let's go Mass Effect. <laughs> I'll just download the skin. Oh, that's, uh, that is freaky. But hey, Skyfly becomes reality. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. Yep. Um, all right. Now, so waterproof, that's something that the, the Sony Xperia Z has. Do we think that's going to that's gonna be a feature uh, from Samsung, or is that going to be one of the uniques that Sony sort of will, will keep in this uh, in this generation of products? What, what, are your, th- what are your thoughts? I think Sony's going to keep it as a unique in their mainstream high-end. I mean, Samsung might come and totally shock and say, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. our phone's waterproof to 1,000 meters. I mean, Sony's the standard IPX7, which gives you... Th- 30 minutes at one meter depth. Mm. So you can drop it and you can drop it in a bucket or you can yeah. you know, drop it in the ocean like and grab that. it out. Yeah. But it's not waterproof as in you wouldn't go diving with it. Well, and yeah. they, they, call, but, they, they um, call it water resistant. Water too, resistant. Right? They do. Yeah, they do. Fair enough too. But, um, but you know, I, I think it's something that we've had around for quite a while. It's, it's not brand new. There have been lots of rugged phones that had this feature, but theirs is the first that I mean, Mo- Motorola Defy, for instance, mm. was relatively water resistant. But um, Sony's the first to actually come out, put on a really high-end smartphone, and a phone that's not about being rugged or waterproof. In fact, it looks quite fragile. I, I, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm not sure how much punishment it can take. Unfortunately, I don't think they'd be happy if we tried to find out with a hammer. Stress test it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, um, you know, there's the first time that someone's really put this feature on a phone that's not about that feature. Yeah. And uh, I think they might retain their uniqueness in this product cycle, but... Um, I hope that's something that we see more and more of in the mainstream. Because mm. how often do you drop your phone in water? Oh, water this, this damage is, is the single biggest yeah. um, claim against uh, yeah. any phone from yeah. an insurance company. Exactly. And so. that's why they put those little water-detecting strips that's inside right. so yeah, they can yeah. say, we won't pay your warranty because you drop this in the it's, toilet. It's mm. got water damage. Exactly. I, I think, yeah, I think we'll be struggling to see it in the S4. It looks like, uh, from what I've read, uh, on all the rumor sites, they'll retain the, the plastic shell. 
Uh, and um, unless you want to really go high in plastics and seal it in somehow, mm. I think you, you, you're struggling there to waterproof it. Um, um, and they're also talking about a 13 megapixel camera. Yeah, yeah, there's talk of that. I don't know whether that's serious or not, but, you know, that's the sort of level we're getting up to. But again, uh, megapixels is one of those magic numbers which um, doesn't mean the same thing to all yeah. people. Well, so. I mean, in, in, plain, in plain science-y terms, th- at a certain point and behind a certain lens, if you start packing in more megapixels, you'll get worse results, particularly mm. in low light. And that's not something that you can technology away past a certain point. Hence why it's, HTC yeah. just launched the HTC One with a four megapixel camera. They've and, gone, they've gone yeah, in the they've opposite, gone uh, I, yeah, yeah, I opposite a, direction. Yeah. I had a brief hands-on with that in Sydney, and full disclosure, they paid for me to go to Sydney for the for well the done. launch. But um, I had a brief hands-on with that, and I tried to get, take a couple of shots, and they had sort of a, a nightclub-y setup with coloured lights, and it was quite dark, and a band was playing. I've never heard of them. And um, I took some photos in that environment, thinking, well, this is the perfect test. Mm. And, and um, they really did come out like their demo shots up on up on mm. show and taking the same sort of shots with my HTC 7 trophy uh, granted that's quite a dated phone but you know the the just the quality in terms of contrast and brightness mm. yeah. it was big, astounding big yeah yeah and and they've done that by putting in less pixels mm. less pixels same size sensor means bigger pixels yeah. bigger pixels take more light so when someone says they've got a 13 megapixel camera and a phone it kind of just leaves me groaning and saying, I hope that's not the case. Do you at least stick to six or eight? Yeah, I don't think... Well, mm. I mean, we had this debate around screens just a minute ago, but, yeah, I, I think eight at the moment with the realms of technology is, is probably a good upper point, but if they do something magical and they do some crazy cool thing with the lens and the well, sensor yeah. and so on, yeah, it could deliver a better result. Unless they're expanding the sensor then, in the back, you know, yeah, that's um, the point. Then, yeah. then, then great, but, yeah. you know, and there will be change that will probably one day bring mm. us 20 megapixel in a camera um, that's absolutely phenomenal yeah, and, yeah. and can take use of it. But, uh, you know, I don't think those days are here just yet. So, mm. um, um, Yeah, unless they've got something big up their sleeve for the next thing that's, that's not right. high-scrolling, then not yeah. really expecting too much yeah. there. I think the best thing they could do would be get rid of uh, Keys. Is it called Keys? Kai's, however you say it. The, um, the evil software that Samsung adds in, which uh, seems to get in the way of file transfers rather than enabling them. Just stop it. It's awful. Get rid of it. All right. Just stop putting things in front of Android. Yeah, yeah, just leave it alone. Yeah, yeah. 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 Stop customising it. Just yeah. leave it raw. iOS won't let your Windows phone... Won't, well, not that iOS will let you put it on anything that's not Apple, but... <coughs> well, know, that's right. Windows yeah, yeah. phone won't let you, so... Yeah, yeah, there's something to be said for that degree yeah. of um, dictatorship. Now, uh, that's probably us on the uh, the Galaxy S4. Next week, we'll be able to have the real word on it, so uh, so we, yep. we will come back with yep. all of that news very, very soon. Uh, other g- gadgets and gadgets and whatnot um, that we've been playing with, um, the main one for me over the last week was a... Um, a, a security cam from uh, from D-Link. Now, I don't know if you've played with this one, um, uh, Yeah, I looked up the model. I have given that one a try. Yep. yep. Um, the DCS932L. I don't know why they have such weird, <laughs> obscure uh, naming. I guess it's because these companies just release lots and lots of products over over well, time. I, I think they should go with sort of car naming standards, though. I, I, you know, I want to start buying laptops named the Osimo or, you know. The GLX yeah. 3.2. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But, but okay. Uh, so the DCS yeah. 932L. Um, yeah, what were your thoughts on it from, from looking at it? I think it's an awesome way to remotely watch your cat when you're out of the house. <laughs> well, that was what I was doing, except it was my 
my son, I was in the house, but um, yeah, well, I was just playing with the the night vision uh, capability yeah. and so on. And it's got, um, you know, this probably doesn't work at a big range, but it's got, um, you know, the little infrared, uh, l- you know, lighting. Yeah, it does um, work to, at a surprising you, range. So yeah, so yeah. it works completely in the pitch black, yeah. and you can and you can see what's going on, which is is pretty cool. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's great for things like driveways if you've got security problems, or and um, I mean, it's great for things like offices as well. We turn the lights off at night. And then you, you, you know, want to still be able to get your surveillance footage without having to leave all the lights on and Mm. spending, you know, more on power than you'd make up for by preventing Mm. theft. Yeah, well, I didn't look at all the features. You probably went a little bit more in depth than me, but uh, I found you know the the uh, the app for it on iOS. I tried it on iOS and Android. I couldn't find a Windows Phone. app for it there may well be one because there are third party um, um, apps for some of these yeah. platforms couldn't um, find anything for Windows Phone but if you just if you go to the web interface you can still get the uh, the yeah. uh, you can see the image still but you can't get audio or anything through right, that way right so um, yeah but it, that, that'll work quite nicely it's nice just to be able to, uh, to fire that up yeah uh, and it's got a and these may be features you played with in terms of FTP upload and, and other bits and pieces did you play around with any um, of those I other did, bits I did play with the FTP upload in particular actually it's the one of, that's the one of the advanced features I did try which was uh, quite nifty I had it um, running as a little you know old fashioned website webcam just by FTPing up a new picture every minute to my own website and um you can, you, know, you can do quite nifty things like that if you want to have a from the office type viewpoint mm. or something you can right. you can set it up like from that from the cat so we from could cat. we could have one uh, sitting in here while we're doing the podcast so people can um just see us sitting here doing the podcast. It'd be pretty boring, oh, wouldn't it? Have to wear it, trousers. Yeah. That would be bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. <laughs> A good face for radio. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so. Anyway, quite a quite a cool camera, and um, what I was alluded to is the price of that's just come down recently. Uh, it's around one hundred and fifty dollars. So for it's not for, bad a, at all. for a um, yeah. you know camera with those sort yeah. of capabilities, yeah, it's a, a reasonable yeah. brand name, yeah. uh, good yeah. sort of local support here in yeah. New Zealand, a yeah. warranty and so on. Um, I think it's pretty good bank. Yeah, for I, I think that's mm. a good deal. And I mean, just you're talking about a camera that you plug into your home network, you can remotely access it from at home or over the internet. And so you got your whole security solution in one. It's not bad going. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, especially um, so, if you need Yeah, a we will probably look a little bit more at some of that security stuff over the next little while. But, uh, yeah, that was, that was one that sort of um, stood out and um, good of, uh, of D-Link to, uh, to fire that over um, in our direction. Um, as with all the other people that fire nice stuff over in our direction, always appreciated. Well done. Um, <laughs> now, just before we finish up, one app of interest that we were uh, we were discussing uh, before we started um, was LibriVox. L i b r i v o x dot org is their uh, their URL. But Paul, you've been playing around with this um, yes audio book application. Well, that's right on my Android, uh, and and the reason is that I go to the gym, and gyms are really boring, and I don't like listening to the um, to the teeny bot music, so. Uh, and they never seem to have anything on TV other than uh, last month's league games for some reason. So I uh, I plug in my ears, I listen to uh, audiobook, and plug away on the treadmill or on the cross trainer, and it's it's fantastic. I use uh, LibriVox um, for the out of um, out of copyright stuff, uh, and you Which get is a, basically free, right? It, it's it's all free. You know, mm. you pay for the download um, traffic, of course, but the, the, you don't pay for the content at all. Most of the readings are done by uh, amateurs, so uh, if you get the urge to have a crack yourself, you, they're more than welcome uh, to to do just that. Uh, and so long as it's it's a um, an out of print or an out of copyright book, 
uh, you're off and running. And I know, you know, there's Kipling in there, there's um, uh, kids' books, E. Nesbitt, the, the Railway Children, all this kind of stuff. Uh, as well as um, Shakespeare, of course. There's heaps of Shakespeare in there. Uh, and Sherlock Holmes. And, and I've just been mm. merrily downloading away and listening at the gym. Yep. So getting a little bit of culture while um, while fighting the flab. It's been quite mm. good. Mm. If not um, LibriVox, then the other one I use, of course, is Audible, which is the, the big uh, big beast in the, in the room. It's owned by uh, Amazon. Uh, and that, um, that really does... Get you the latest and greatest books. So, yeah, well, that, that's uh, very that that's very cool. But it more. is reasonably expensive yeah, to, yeah. to get the books. Always but, buy them um, on on sale. Five bucks for a book. That's that's your lot. Good, yeah. good, excellent tip. Actually, well, that really brings us to a close this week. So, uh, hey, thank you both for joining us. Now, uh, Paul Brislin, CEO of Two An- Two Ans, Two Ans. That's us. Not Two Nz. We've got nothing to do with David. Um, <laughs> um, oh really? Yeah. Oh okay. Uh, oh, shameful. I think telecommunication we're something or other apparently. <laughs> yeah, something about telcos. Yeah. Um, so where where do we find you online? You're on uh, Twitter, of course. Twitter uh, almost habitually uh, at Paul Brislin. Um, failing that, the website is twoans.org.nz. T u a n z. That's us, and I blog about telco uh, related matters and uh, generally try and help people out when they have problems with their phone companies. Well, much appreciation from all of those who use the internet and every other telco-related thing in New Zealand. Most welcome. Yeah, ciao, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and Harley, where do, we, where do we find you? Well, the best place to find me is pcworld.co.nz, uh, which is where you'll find my actual work stuff. Um, if you insist, you can uh, come and find me on Twitter at, at Harley Ogier. That's O-G-I-E-R. And there I mostly tweet about my little pony and my cat. You might find some technology in there, or you might not. <laughs> I think I notice some technology-related stuff from time to time. When something interesting's happening. Yep, yep. All right, good, good. Well, and you can find me, uh, Twitter is at Paul Spain, and techjungle.com uh, is, is my Geek Zone blog. Uh, and, yeah, that wraps us up. Uh, please uh, feel free to... Um, to look up NZ Tech Podcast online at nztechpodcast.com uh, and feel free to also um, rate us on iTunes. If you like listening to the show or you don't, um, then, yeah, just, um, you know, give us a, a little rating there on iTunes if you're an iTunes user. Um, of course, actually, um, you know, people listen in through all sorts of mechanisms, so um, that's that only accounts for a portion of the listenership. Um, and you can find us on, on Twitter and Facebook and uh, Google+. Plus. In fact, we just started last week a little group on Google+, Plus, uh, NZ Tech. So uh, just mm. uh, just for a little bit of chit-chat, mm. um, since they've started up their new community feature, it's just a little bit of... Um, uh, we're just trialling it, really, to see um, to see how it all works. But uh, feel free to come and uh, chit-chat with us on there. So that's us. Thanks, everyone. See ya. <laughs>